Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to episode 182 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvang. I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Afternoon. And Treg Wilson. Good afternoon. So uh, we normally only, we were, our plan was to normally only do one show a week, but with what's happened this weekend, we thought, hey, let's do a quick weekend roundup of the, uh, the slow news week that's happened with the Canadians. So if anyone's been living under a rock for the last day, uh, yes, Barry Cut Kanyemi has signed an offer sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes for $6.1 million for one year. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what this means, what we think is going to happen, what we feel should happen, and, you know, just general hockey discussion. But to lay it out, essentially, it's $6.1 million for one year. This makes his... Uh, his qualifying offer next year, the uh, 6.1 million. It also means he cannot be traded throughout the entire season, regardless of it's, if it's matched or not. It also means uh, the compensation is a first round pick and a third round pick for 2022. Uh, it also means um, that he is going to be overpaid. So <laughs> we'll start with Matt on why he thinks Carolina did this. I just think it was just for spite, to be honest. It's, it's, it's got Aho written all over it. The signing bonus was $20 and the, uh, you know, that's uh, Aho's number. They released it in English and in French, just like the Canadians would. Uh, they used the same wording when it came um, the time where they talked about the player signing and wanting to be on the team. Like, I just think it was just a class. It just, it's not the fact that they did it. It was just how they did it. Like if they would have just said, we did it, it, it was all the extra shit that I didn't like. 
that they just kind of seemed like it was just childish. And 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 there's reports out there that it wasn't Waddell, it was uh, Dundon, and we all know he's an idiot. So, you know what it is, what it is. Like the uh, I, I've I've never really been a fan of the Hurricanes, and they're I, I really thought I've really thought their their organization as a whole was kind of a joke. I like I like some players on their team, but that's about all I can say. Um, they wanted to get a center. They went out and they they pulled this uh, mess with the Canadians. We'll see what happens moving forward. But uh, I just think it was just the way that they handled it. I just think it was very classless. And uh, we'll see what happens moving forward in the coming days. Lived up to their their uh, name, Bunch of Jerks, I well, guess. I mean, exactly it. Yeah, according to Renaud Lavoie, it is all Dundon's idea and not Waddell's. But... Uh, you know, regardless, uh, I'm going to agree with you and say it was childish. If yeah. they had done it and, you know, just did did the thing, yeah, gave the if offer they, if, sheet. Yeah, if they would have just done it, it, it was just all the extra stuff that I did that I wasn't a fan of. Regardless of where the player ends up, it's just, it just kind of made me shake my head, right? Yeah, it, it's the all those little things, the, the uh, cut and paste of all the, the uh, press releases from yeah. the, the Ajo deal. Everything points to we did this because we're we're being petty. That's right. And I mean, and that's fine. You could if they had just done the offer sheet as they had done it without all the extra little, you know, childish stuff, you could say, okay, yeah, it's a revenge offer sheet. Yeah. And that's that's powerful. And then you and then you and then you and then you eat that. Yeah. Right. And 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 I think I think fans would have felt better about it. And I think uh you know, we wouldn't be, I'm not going to say going as in depth with this conversation, but uh, it just, yeah, I'm just not, just not a fan of how it's, how it's played out so far. And I know it's only the first day and we haven't heard from Bergevin yet. We haven't heard about the organization, but yeah. I don't think we're going to hear anything. I don't think we're going to hear anything for a little while, but uh, Treg, now that you're back in, uh, we're just talking about the, um, the offer sheet itself from Carolina and how it's it's clearly a revenge offer sheet. Uh, yeah, it is. Like, <clears throat> I mean, six point one million. They only went that high because they know it would screw over Montreal if they because uh, of the qualifying offer next the next season. Yeah. Uh, also, it only gives Montreal first and a third if they don't match it. Um, like, I think it was six point three or something, or six point five. You go up to a first, second, and third. So, uh, and I agree with Matt uh, about the twenty dollars and the and the statement was put out the exact same thing Bergevin said in two thousand and nineteen, uh, all this stuff. It was total revenge. Some people say it's type of business. I think it was a bit petty. Um, I think they only did it because of the offer sheet that was put out in two thousand nineteen. Um, but as if I'm caught in me, I'm signing it in a heartbeat. I mean, I just made three times more than what I was going to make. Well, yeah, no and, one can blame him for signing that. You know, I mean, come so on. Anyone who I've seen on Twitter that he's a traitor and all this stuff, like, no. you know, just shut your trap. You would sign. If you're, if you were making a hundred dollars working what you're working now and someone came up to you and said, I'm going to give you $300 to do the same job. You're going to go over and do the $300, make $300 to do the same job. So. Yeah. So this is it for me, it's clearly not business, a hockey business as usual or standard hockey practice. This is a clear cut case of revenge because you got butter. Um, 
if the Carolina Hurricanes were actually doing this to try and get a player in, because that's what the Canadians did. Uh, you can think it's underhanded all you want, and you can you can criticize Bergeron for not doing it the right way. But they were trying to get Aho. They wanted to improve. They they targeted a player that they felt could improve the team, so they went after him. In this case, it's it, it's clear cut revenge because if you are going to offer sheet someone. Why are you not offer sheeting Quinn, uh, Quinn Hughes? You need defensemen. Instead of putting a million dollars onto a racist piece of shit like D'Angelo, why aren't you offer sheeting Quinn Hughes? True. I just, or why not Elias Patterson? If you really want to put your money where your your mouth is, yeah. why are you offer Sidney Elias Patterson? They they offer she. I mean, in all honesty, if Montreal Bergeron's smart, he doesn't match it because then he really screws over the Canes. The Canes will be two million over the cap going into the season. Mind you, they can make a move beforehand. And now you're paying now you're paying your four C six point one million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Cotton Emmy's not Cotton Emmy's not playing higher than four C. Well, if you look at the Carolina's makeup right now, you've got Ajo as your clear-cut number one. They also have Trocheck, who's much better than Kakaniemi. Put up 43 points last year in 47 games, so it's not he's not going to usurp him. And then you've got Jordan Stahl, who's your captain. So Plus I also got Martin Neshkash. Uh, exactly, and then seven. they brought in Derek Stepan as well. By the way, yeah. uh, Neshkash, he's uh, he's an RFA next year. Yeah, I'm just not saying, gonna, not even going to put it that. out there. <laughs> yeah, so is Ryan Suzuki. Well, we'll get, to, I want to talk about Suzuki and Caulfield, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's keep on this, um, on, on the Carolina point of view by doing an offer sheet. So they're gambling that the Canadians are going to match. And, and if they don't, that means they have that player. Yep. The Hurricanes are going to be over the cap, like you mentioned, about 2 million, I think. Um, so they're going to have to do some moves. And you look at their center depth and you think, Why? Why would and you, and he, and even why on you the, gamble like, there? Right. And even on the wings, like they've got some, they've got some guys that can play the wing and like Cockney is pretty much said, like he wants to be a center and right. And, and right now it's looking like it was it, this move. If he was to go to Carolina, it's going to push him to the wing. Even if he goes to the wing, he's not playing any higher than the third line. Right. Exactly. Had, had Carolina really wanted to have a little bit of a revenge, but also improve their team in some way. They would have waited for uh, Caulfield, but they did. They, this is this is just a move solely done to try and mess with the Canadians' cap structure, as the Canadians did with them. And, and you know that's that's part of the business. The player signed it, so it's something that the Canadians are going to have to deal with. So, in your in like in, in in your thoughts, what does this say about the player? Nothing. It says that he's getting more money for the same job. Okay. You know, now if the offer sheet was like 300, that $3 million and he was getting two and a half with the Canadians, then I'd be like, okay, you just don't want to be with the Canadians anymore. You know what I mean? A Deneau type situation. You're going to take that extra 500. That's your, if that, that extra 500 was your reason for going, then you really didn't want to be here anyway. But he tripled his money. He but literally, is, he's making in one year what he would have been making over three to four years in Montreal. Yeah. 
So the argument that some people have been putting forward on social media is that being sat in the finals and having the GM kind of waffle on your, on his, um, on his worth, on his worth for next season made him want to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say no, really. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm, uh, if I were the player, I'd be kind of upset. I, 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 th- I honestly think this is all to do with money dollars it's money. and it's And I'm not going to say it's greed, but he, he, he was going to, he was going to be playing. He was going to be given an opportunity more so in Montreal when he was actually going to be able to be playing with some quality winners because he was either going to have Drouin, Gallagher, Hoffman, uh, Anderson, whoever on his wing. Like he was, this was his time to step up. Like Philip Deneau left Montreal and yeah, he left for a little bit extra money. However, we all know that he was a little bit scared of losing ice time to the young guys. And we were seeing, and we saw that Suzuki was jumping up and more into the fold and being more of the number one, even though Deneau was still playing a prominent role. Um, now you've got Kakaniami who was going to jump into that spot as a, as probably the two C was going to be given this opportunity. And now he saw the dollars, his eyes got big and he signed the contract. So my con, my, my issue with it is if he does come back to Montreal, how is the organization going to see him? How are the players going to react to him? How are the fans going to react to him? And if it doesn't pan out, how, how is this going to look on him? All the pundits are going to, right. All the, all the people are going to be out there saying, which there's lots already out there now saying that they shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. Um, Obviously he's not worth 6.1.1. We could all understand. We all know that. Um, it just, I, from a hockey standpoint, I don't think it was the best move for him. For a financial standpoint, obviously it's phenomenal. Well, this is clearly all about money because, and this is where I think his agent kind of failed him. Oh, 100%. Uh, he should have been looking at this and saying, okay, well, between those two teams, which one is the one that's going to give me the larger opportunity to showcase myself? Yep. It's not Carolina. Nope. We just covered that. Yep. Which one is going to be the one that's more um, apt to give me more time to showcase myself? It's not Carolina. Which one is going to give me a better uh, supporting cast? Like you mentioned, it's not Carolina. So in the long term, yeah, he's making 6.1 this year and the qualifying offer is 6.1. But if he doesn't play up to that level, he becomes a UFA. That's great means he can sign anywhere he wants but who's going to give him the big payday money who would be more open to paying him yeah it's it's montreal montreal has that if he were to be even a 45 point player they'd they'd have to be more apt to be willing to pay him on his product on his potential true so he's kind of shooting himself in the foot over the longer term but i can totally understand why he signed this deal He's not only shooting well, not only shooting some of the foot over the longer term, but also in the short term. Because if Montreal matches, he's under now so much pressure as the oh, second yeah. center to yeah. produce at six point one million dollars. He's going to have to get sixty to seventy points this season, or no one's going to be satisfied. Yeah, and this is just all. on the fans. Like the media yeah. are the media <laughs> already rough on him as it is. So. And- it's, it's going to get that much worse for him if he does yep. come back to Montreal. And then if he doesn't produce, Montreal is going to be like, 
well, we're not giving you a 6.1 million qualifying offer because you're a 30 point center, right? You're not a number two center. We have to go out and get a number two center. He's, they're not going to be, I mean, the issue with Montreal is they won't be able to trade him because they can't trade him for a year or anything. So it's really not going to matter. So this whole flip him at the trade deadline. Well, A, even if they could, no one's taking 6.1 million for a center that's not producing. Uh, number two is they can't do it anyhow if they match the offer. So uh, neither can Carolina. Neither can Carolina. But uh, um, I think Hotmeese, I don't think the players and the organization is going to look any different to him. I, I really don't. No, he, he, no. Like I said, this goes back to the fact he tripled his friggin' salary by doing this. And I do not blame, and no one's going to blame him for doing that. Right. Uh, and you can't really blame Mark Bergevin for this. You can, because he could have signed him earlier, maybe, I guess, but maybe yes. Cotton, it takes two to sign. Takes two to sign. Maybe Cotton, I mean, maybe he had the offer out already. I don't know. And Cotton, I mean, just didn't sign it yet. And then all of a sudden Carolina was like, Hey, what's going on, buddy? Or maybe Carolina was already talking to his agent saying, Hey, we might put an offer sheet on Cotton. Emmy. I don't know. Right. But if, you can't blame Bergen for the offer sheet. The only thing you could say is if you would have signed him probably right away or sooner, we wouldn't have this issue. Uh, he should have seen this coming. Yeah. I think he should have saw everyone else. I saw it coming. You mentioned it be before that I thought they would offer sheet Suzuki personally. I thought it'd be Suzuki or Caulfield in their uh, RFA year. My personal opinion, that's who I would have done. And I think um, they chose not to go there. Because and chose Kotskaniemi because they felt that this would be more of a slap in the face because he's that higher draft pick. Also, it's more likely they, you know, something like this, it's, um, you know, a one-year deal, even if the Canadians don't match. To them, it doesn't mean shit. So what? They gave up a first and a third for, for Dundon. This is him tell, uh, telling the Canadians to go fuck themselves. So for him, it's worth it. For him, but for, on a team level for Carolina, it's not worth it. If oh, Montreal doesn't match, about that. No. if Montreal doesn't match, then Don Waddell got to do a couple magic tricks to, find, to try to clean up his thing, and then he's stuck with the six point one qualifying officer. But Dundon year. doesn't. Dundon doesn't give a fuck about that. For him, no, it's about no. my balls are bigger. For the Canadians now, this is the issue. This is what we we all agree. Like you've said it before, we all agree that he. This is far beyond what he's worth right now but i feel that the canadians are going to match do you guys agree i don't you think they're gonna let him walk i think they're gonna let him walk is because of the uh because of the qualifying offer and the no trade and all that yeah i think they're gonna let him walk and i think they're gonna use the draft pick or whatever they have to go out and get another second round pick mm. or another two, two c Another center? <clears throat> Monaghan's so, available. The fork's available. They have options that they can go uh, to go and get. And Eric Engels tweeted Yeah, I was about to Jack bring that Eichel. up. Jack Eichel is on his way to Montreal with hockey sticks. Yeah, this is from Eric Engels, and I'm going to read the tweet specifically. Um, I don't know why. Could be a pure coincidence, but Jack Eichel is boarding a plane headed for Montreal right now, and he's bringing his hockey sticks with him. He follows that up with one good reason he could be on his way is because BioSteel Camp is going down here this week. So we talked about this off air before we started recording. And I thought with the new uh, 
agent that he has in Pat Brisson. Maybe he's doing a workout with him. Turns out BioSteel Camp is there. So, um, you know, Montreal Twitter can dial it back. Yeah, he's, he's not, Eichel's not coming to Montreal. I don't, I don't care. What but he's there now. No, I meant to the team. <laughs> um, <clears throat> however, Montreal with a second first round pick now has the op. They can go maybe get a Monaghan, uh, Dvorak. Um, they have many options they can do to try to get centered from somebody. Do you think, and I'm just going to spitball off you say, uh, saying your thought that they won't match. Do you think that the part of the reason also is they're looking at future salary structure? Yes, they have to sign Nick Suzuki next season. Cod I mean, making 6.1 million. That boosts Suzuki almost up to the 8, 9 million, at least the 8, 9 million. As a comparable. Uh, as a comparable. At least. Because Suzuki, I mean, Suzuki's agent's going to go, if you're paying a 34 point score at 6.1 million, I'm not saying, like I said, unless Cotton Emmy scores 60 to 70 points next season, right? If you're paying this guy 6.1 to get this, and my guy, I mean, let's be honest, Suzuki should get 60 to 70 points next season, at least, right? I mean, he was on pace for 60 this season. Um, then my guy should be making this. Now, Matt, do you think that this bullshit is going to wake Bergevin up or whoever replaces him as GM and get the Canadians to drop their their bridge deal methodology? Because everybody else has been bridge dealed. Do you think they're going to skip that with Suzuki and Caulfield? For me, it depends on the player. I think Caulfield and Suzuki, I think they're going to skip that. Yeah. for other players throughout the organization, I think uh, most of them have been the right have been the right call, and I would have bridge deal Kakaniemi as well. Yeah, right. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have signed him to a one a one year deal worth this much. I wouldn't have signed him to a long term deal and then hope hope on the player. For me, you would have got a two year deal, probably you know six million bucks or something. Um, you know, two and a half one year and uh, three and a half the other or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, we're now we're in this now we're in this uh, kind of conundrum, finding out what's going to go on in the next six days. Um, it's just been it, it hasn't been the uh, yes, there's been the, the the good points of the Montreal's off season, but at the same time, there's been a lot of negativity, and with uh, with the whole Logan Mayo pick, and now Kakadiemi, who is a former first round pick who you were going to just give an opportunity to, to jump into your top six. You just lost your defensive shutdown center to the Kings. And now Cockney was part of, and he knew what he was doing and he saw the salary structure and everything like this. For me, it just, it doesn't sit well with me from the player's standpoint um, based on the fact that he was part of this, embarrassing moment for the Canadians and for their organization. Oh, you mean the offer sheet? Yeah. It's not even, it's not even the offer sheet. It's the $20 signing bonus. It's this, it's this, it's that like he, yeah, he saw the, yeah, he saw the money, but it's just the fact that he could have easily said, said no, or he, he, or, or I I don't know. I'm just not, 
I'm looking at the player different than I did before. I'm not going to say like, I'm, I'm going to like throw him down in the dumpster or anything, but like, I look at Kakanyemi as a different player now. And until he hits the ice with the Canadians, if that's what ends up happening and plays up to that, to that mark, then I'm going to continue to kind of think negative of him going forward for a little while. I don't. I, don't I think his agent covered all the money issues for it, put the contract in front of him, and signed like the twenty dollar thing. Yeah, that's something the agent should have picked up on, not yeah. the player, yeah. not the player. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it just, I mean, it I just, think... if he comes back, it just it handicaps the team so much. Well, and I think that he will be matched, and I, I agree that that's going to cause problems with the cap structure. Uh, the Canadians are supposedly, if you look at Cap Geek, there's supposed to be around two hundred thousand over the cap if he if they keep him. But according to uh, Eric Engels, who spoke to the team, they said that they can fit him under the cap. So, with the long term injury reserve for Shea Weber and for Byron, they they're okay. Now, the issue is once Byron comes back, you how much over the cap are you going to be when byron comes back at christmas time it so also going to hurt them yeah it'll hurt them on it's, the also, ice. it's also going to hurt them if they wanted to make another move for say a puck movie defenseman exactly or, exactly well, i want to say not for a center because obviously if they're going with cotton emmy they're going with cotton emmy but if they were going to make a move for a top four defenseman they had close to 10 million dollars in cap space with the ltir relief now now they don't so now they're much slower than that so yeah so now do they instead you know it's gonna it changes plans so instead of making a move with a little bit of extra cap space that they thought they might have had they're going to be right up against it and which i think is also another reason why they picked the exact number they did to sign kotkaniemi to it's not it's not a random number just for compensation because it's still a couple hundred thousand below that compensation line it was done solely to do, to push them right up to the cap with the uh, long-term injury reserve. So it's it's a brilliant move, if your idea is to cripple the other team's finances for a year. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so it'll it'll cause them problems to make other moves. Um, but once Byron comes back, do they they're going to have to probably give up some assets to move someone like Byron out to keep that space? Yeah. But who's going to take Byron and his $3.4 million coming off a of hip surgery? Well, you can probably move him to, say, Arizona if you're willing to give them some mm-hmm. picks or a prospect. Like, it's going to cost them assets to make that space. I mean, Bergman got to ask himself, too, before he matches it. Cotton Emmy right now is not worth $6.1 million. No, no, no. Could I get a first and a third round pick if I trade, try to trade Cotton Emmy on the open market? Yes. You can probably get more. Maybe. Uh, I, I I don't think they would. Personally. Do you think that, but he's also got to ask himself, does he think that Kotkaniemi is going to be a $6 million player in that's, the next couple of years? That, that That's what I was getting at. And yeah. his third question is, is he going to be a $6 million player in the future? Right now, I think the Habs are 50-50 on him. I think they're like, he could turn out. And I don't think that's why they don't, that's why on this press conference, he's like, well, we're going to work with him. They're willing to work with him, but I don't think they see him right now. You know, unless he works on these things, they don't see him right now as that 
go to, I think they're very leery going into this season as him as a 2C. They're willing to do it, but they're very, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have this offer sheet bullshit going on that they waited till Christmas to see how well he did and then looked at trying to get maybe another center in there to uh, to to cover it up. But now they, they don't have the option to do that now. Well, this is why I made that statement. That's why I, I, in my opening statement, when it came when it came to this, is this was the this was the opportunity for him to shine. This was the opportunity for him to have some some wingers that could yeah. actually put the puck in the net. This isn't this wasn't a um, a year that he was going to jump into the lineup and have and you know no offense to these players, but he wasn't going to jump in and have Lekkonen and Armia as his wingers. He was likely going to have some people that can really score. Top six types. Yeah, and and, and yeah. given and given power play time, maybe even given PK time, and, and to 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 really be a uh, to round out his all around game. But they said now he's, I don't know, he's going to be uh, under a lot of pressure now. Oh, 100 percent, and and it doesn't matter where he ends up. No, if he ends up in if he ends up in Carolina, um, he's going to get the scrutiny from Montreal and from their fans and and from from media, especially if he doesn't perform. And then, well, I mean, Carolina media is what? No, Sarah no, no. Sivian I'm talking one about it's, it's, it's going to be the, you know, what, you know what I mean? The Montreal yeah. media, they'll still find a ways, right? Like, Montreal, <laughs> Montreal, Montreal, would, yeah. like, well, the thing is, Carolina plays Montreal the first week of the first week, first two weeks of the season. Yeah. Right. So, where, whatever ends up this, whatever avenue this goes in, this is going to be a top story within the first couple of weeks of the, of, of the season. You got to look at it too. At six point one million and six point one million qualified offer next year, is Kotkaniemi really going to be here long term after this offer sheet? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if he doesn't turn out, like if, if he matches and he doesn't get sixty to seventy points, and I'm telling you, it got to have to be sixty to seventy points. Even though, yeah. realistically, I look at him getting forty five fifty realistically yeah. at two and a half if he was making two and a half million i'd be happy with that hey good for him he's improving he's doing his job and then he would right? probably be in line for a long-term deal yes absolutely. correct at four and a half to five million dollars maybe or maybe even six maybe even six potential however yeah. now he literally has to go out in montreal and get at least 60 to 70 points just look what they to. did to look what they did to drouin at five and a half yeah. He got 53 points and he was the worst player they'd ever seen in their lives. Still is. Yeah. And he still averages almost 50 points a season if he and played a, a full season. He's a freaking winger. <laughs> so I'd have to look at I'd have to look at salary structure and everything and the ins and outs. I'm not 100 percent um versed in every little aspect of it. And it is one of those slippery slopes once you get down into that. But to, in my failure, I believe if the team elects club elected arbitration, they can actually sign them for less than qualifying offer can be left. Yeah, but it's only going to have to be 5.2 million because okay. it's only something like 85%. Yeah. They still have to sign 85% of the contract. I, I, I only know this because I just read it on Twitter okay. like an hour ago. Okay. Uh, so the lowest he can go is 5.2 million. But that rarely ever works in the team's favor when they go yeah. to that. Uh, yeah. They could they could sign situation. up to anything they want. If he's willing to agree to it, he could sign anything before they even get there. Yeah. But, they could sign a long-term deal that gives them, a four, say, a $4.5 AAV over the course of the contract. They could do that. 
if, if he, he wants, wants that. that. But similar to is, what they did with uh, Jake Allen, basically. Yeah, but as was, a as a player, you're you think okay, I'm guaranteed six point one as a qualifying offer next year, and my low end is about eighty five percent of that, so five point whatever. So still worth do I, <laughs> Am I willing to accept less than that in a long term deal? This Probably is where not. his performance this year, no matter where he plays, Treg, you're right. He's going to have to perform at a 50-plus point pace. Minimum. If he doesn't perform in Carolina and they let him go as a free agent, his career is pretty much over. Yes. Because nobody's going to take him for whatever money he wants. He'll be the next Galchenyuk where he's going team to team to team. Team to team to team, or he's just going to end up in the KHL or playing over in Finland for the rest of his career. Ooh. You know what? Maybe maybe what we could do is we could ask Toronto to take him behind the scenes, kind of off the books, and they can fix him like they did Galchenyuk. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll send Suzuki in on a breakaway. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? And they'd be on but, the same uh, team. But And this is why, I, from a Kotyemi standpoint, I think he kind of screwed himself no matter where he goes. I, I really think he did. I mean, and and I, that was that that's on his agent, not really the player. It's on his agent to look out for him for that kind of thing. I can totally see the player gambling on himself and going for the I bigger money. Who wouldn't? But the agent read that fuck uh, that uh, that contract and he saw the $20 bonus. He knows Aho's number is number 20 because they share the agent. The agent knows what's going on. That's on the agent, not the player. But, like, do not but blame not, Kotkaniemi for this. I'm not. I'm not talking blaming about the contract. No, I'm no. talking about his future in the NHL. Because if, yeah, like I said, no, if he has a bad season or not a bad season, even if he has a season mediocre, right? You don't want to be qualifying a mediocre season yeah. at six this needs, this needs to be a breakout year for him. Yes. And and we're, I was hoping it would be a breakout year regardless, but to me, a breakout year would have been 45 to 50 points. Yeah, I like for me, like right? I made my bold prediction on the Canadians uh, Twitter thing the other day. I said 15 goals, 50 points. Got but now, at right? 6.1 million as your 2C, yeah. 60 to 70 or plus. Oh, you're, yeah, you're looking at 20, at least 20 goals and 67 20 points, goals, yeah. 60, 70 points yeah. are bust. Yeah. And this is Montreal, so – he has to outplay Suzuki, who's making league minimum on the ELC. Oh, 100%. They, like, he's got to be – they're going to look at it – they're going to look at it the way that if he's making that much money, that's your, your top three scorer on the team. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally making $2 million less than McKinnon. Think yep. about that for a second. $2 million less than McKinnon. For he's a guy making who's never... 300,000 less than uh, Petrie. He's making 200,000 more than uh, uh, Huberto. For a guy. Like we, can, never... we can throw, we can throw numbers. We know throw names back and forth. For a like, guy who's let's just say he's making more million. than what he's worth. <laughs> he's making 6 million more than me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 5.9 million more than you and I combined. <laughs> So, so are we all are we all in an agreement that? How do you screwed? Regardless of where he goes, <laughs> regardless of where he goes, he's yeah, screwed. This is, he's, 
Yeah, he, he's, he's really put, he's really put himself in a corner, right? He has. He has. Yeah. And this I mean, Carolina's point of view, this has done everything they wanted to do. Whether he yeah. he goes to them or not, this is Dundon saying fuck you to everybody in the league because you know he feels like he's super awesome and he deserves this. Yeah. For Montreal, it kind of screws up their cap situation for a season, but meh, no big deal. Cap wise, yeah. But the one, the one person that's going to suffer the most out of all of this, it's Cotton Emmy. Cotton Emmy, he clearly bet on himself, so he had better step the fuck up, yeah. no matter where he plays. Yeah. So Blaine, you're saying they match it? Uh, well, personally, I would let him go and use that the yeah. assets to make the trade. But you, but think- I, th- but I think they will. I think they'll match. I personally think they should let him go. And I think Bergman's not going to match it. Matt, what about you? I think they're going to match, but I don't think they should either. I think that that first and third can be used. And there's, uh, there's teams right now that are, uh, that they might be able to still take advantage of. Uh, there's names out there, as you said, Monahan's out there. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, with how. Um, with two first, you can easily get a Monahan. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then like, but like, there's a lot of people that are out there. They're like, Oh, well, you take that, you take that money and you go after Patterson where well, we already know that's not going to happen. Um, you look at maybe the right. King, right? Yeah. Well, we know, <laughs> we know Bergevin is sneaky, but uh, there's a lot of people that are looking at Eichel. Um, you look at the Kings and they've got Turcotte coming up. They got Byfield coming in. Um, Do they trade for Deneau? Yeah. Uh, my, my thoughts on that were maybe they would look at a young guy like Velarde. Because he um, was in the deal for Pacioretty at first. The, the, the rumored Los Angeles deal that happened on draft day uh, in 2018 when they traded him, that was that was going to be Velarde. Yeah. But then, but then at the same time, you look at other teams that um, we know that their names have been out there. Uh, one being Monaghan, another being Dvorak. Um, do you look at possibly, I'm not going to say Duchesne because he's worth, he's making a lot more than what he's worth. However, it was a player that the Canadians were after there'd have Johansson to be some, and, and that was the another one, Johansson, there would have to be some salary tension there. Um, you look at their structure. One's make, they're both making eight mil. One's uh, five years left. One's four years left. We know they're proven players. One's 30, one's 29. Who knows? Uh, and then the other name, I don't want this to happen because I've never been a fan of the player. Uh, the other one would be Nazem Kadri in Colorado. Because there's players that are coming up within the, that organization that need to be signed. He's making just over four mil for one more year. You also need the guy to be able to play in the playoffs if you make it. Exactly, because, right? Exactly. And he doesn't. Yeah. Not that when he does play, he's great. But yeah. he's been suspended in the playoffs more often than he's played in the playoffs. So no, so it's uh, it's it, there, there's there's names out there. Whatever whatever the decision is made, if if Cockney goes to Carolina, Montreal cannot start the season with the team that they have. No, 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 God, no! They need right? to replace no, them. but they and, have and, the and, assets. And, and they, they have, have the assets, assets exactly. to go out and get a number a, a bona fide yeah. number two center, yeah. not a. But they won't just be able to be like, well, Evans will be our 2C. 
you know, Paling will be our three and say Pacquiao will be our fourth. Like it's not, that's not going to happen. Take, taking my emotions about everything out of it. I can't see business-wise why Bergevin would let his third overall pick from three years ago, four years ago, walk without retaining him. I, I realize that he is overpaid by about three and a half to four million. That that's the that's the issue with this offer sheet. It creates an overpayment issue, but it's for one year, yeah. and you could possibly work your way around things a little bit to fix that. Mm-hmm. So I just can't see them letting him go when he has been, he's, he's, he's been in their plans. I know that we argue back and forth about, you know, his, his matchups and is he really part of the plan, but you don't, you don't just let a three overall pick walk in a revenge offer sheet. Yeah. Also, I think the emotions on Bergeron's part will say, you know what? Fuck me? No, fuck you. That that's why I think he's going to hold on. Asset wise, it makes it, it's it's better to hold on to what you know than to try and get something on the side. That he, we're like we're just assuming that he's going to make a trade for someone else. We don't know that those are available. Yeah. So, like I know there's big, people that are out there that are talking. You know, we'll move Drew to center or move this person to center. Or, how well did that work the first time? Well, right. That's so. Exactly. Yeah, right. However, a big fuck you to Carolina too would be, I'll call your bluff and I'm not matching it. Agreed. I think Carolina wants Montreal to match this. They have no no intention. They They have no intention of Cotton Emmy playing on their team. None. And another, and Bergevin could sit there and say, all right, fuck you guys. I'm calling your bluff. Take him. Yeah. Let's see how he he does. Yeah. So this is, this is part of why I think we're not going to hear anything from the Canadians for because I, I know Carolina within a day said, oh, we're matching. And they started playing stupid little games online. And, well, stupid little games. They were funny. They, they were having yeah. fun with it online. And it created a buzz, which is good. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I think the Canadians are going to be really quiet for the week because Bergevin is coming in off of holidays <laughs> so that he can deal with this. So maybe what he's going to do through the week is maybe make some calls to other GMs and say, hey, what yeah. would it cost to get yeah. this guy? Yeah. If I've got this first and third as the compensation that I'm getting, yeah. how can um, I flip? How can I flip this with something? If I to... wrap these in with with say a couple other assets. Yeah. What am I, am I willing? Am I able to get a Monahan? Am I able to get a Dvorak? You know, like yeah, he'll make these calls, and then at the end, they'll probably wait until the last day and say we're matching or we're letting him go, and then minutes after he's gone, and we have a trade to announce. You know, like it's. But I, I honestly think that the Canadians are just going to hold on to him because they know what they have with him. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they do, but I'm not going to be shocked if they do. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I if think they, it's if, if they do get strictly. The... Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, no, sorry, sorry. On a strictly business front, as a team general manager who has to think of the team now and the future, got to let them go. Even if your team takes a step back and now you're like, okay, we're letting them go. Now we got two first round picks and a very deep uh, draft where we could be. And Carolina's not guaranteed to make the playoffs because their defense and goaltending is a bit, you know, susceptible. Uh, we maybe we'll get to a top ten and a mid and a top fifteen draft pick. Yeah, in a and draft in thing. Montreal. 
where do you expect yeah. the draft pick to fall? Because I know Carolina took a little bit of a step back with their with losing Dougie Hamilton. Well, everybody's saying like, oh, well, Carolina's going to win their division, or they're going to be topping this or topping that. So it's mm. going to be a you know no. twenty five plus pick. I'm like, I don't think it's going to be. Metropolitan- I think it's gonna, I think it's going to be a fifteen to twenty pick, and it's not protected. So even if they do completely shit the bed, it ends up being a top ten pick. Well, there you go, and the, and the drafts in Montreal, so that would give them two first. Two firsts, a second, three thirds, two fourths, a fifth, a sixth, and two sevenths for next year. I think they're more concerned with actual players on the ice. Oh, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you're. I know what you're. But thinking. assets would be there if they wanted yeah. to throw a first, they'd have a first. If they wanted to throw in a couple thirds, they'd have a third, et cetera, Right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> All I know is Aaron Manning is pissed on Twitter. oh my god i took some time off there go camping and enjoyed my summer and you know i'm like ah unplugged for a bit yeah this is this is nice then you get back online you're starting to ease back in and then this happens and the sewage that flies out of montreal uh, habs twitter and social media in general, you got to be very, very careful with who you follow and who you listen to. This is all Drew in and Bergevin's fault, according to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even, uh, I mean, uh, no. So, bottom line, we all believe that he is overpaid. We all feel that they probably should at least make some calls to see what else they can find with the assets that they would get. And we're two for one on thinking that the Canadians are going to keep him. And one, one to two for him, him walking. So yeah, should be a fun week in Montreal. (laughs) Yay. All right. So uh, any final thoughts, Matt? Not on this, but I do have, uh, I do have something to report. Um, it looks like the NHL is likely going to go back to the Olympics this year. Um, yep. And they did announce what the Olympic groupings are going to be. Uh, so group A is going to be Canada, U.S., Germany, and China. So that should be really fun to watch. China's uh, going to love that group. Uh, China's going to love that group. Uh, group B, uh, Russia, Czech, Swiss, and Denmark. And group C is Finland, Sweden, Slovakia, and Latvia. Nice. So that's all i got to say. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this uh, this debacle of this uh, Cockney saga and what what ends up happening from there. If they jump out and get it, Elias Patterson. Treg, any final thoughts? (laughs) Maybe maybe thoughts on if China will have a game where they actually score a goal. (laughs) No, Um, (laughs) I I do have something to say though. I do have a contest out on Twitter. Uh, You can win a uh, playoff jersey. Always bet on red. Uh, with anyway, I'll show it to you in a second. Uh, it's a contest. Uh, all you have to do is follow me or Habs and Habs Unfiltered. Uh, tag two friends and answer the question of last show what team did I say I don't hate? So it's pretty easy. Uh, if you do all this, you could win yourself a t shirt from Tricolor Sports, and it's this one right here. You know what? You disgust me. I know the answer to the team you don't hate, and you disgust me. 
horrible. Six other people do too right now. So uh, <laughs> if you do that, I'll I'll retweet this uh, today and for our next show uh, Thursday. When's our next show? Wednesday. Yeah, the plans to have it out sometime Thursday or Friday. Everything depends okay. on Matt's work schedule. Okay. Anyway, uh, whenever we do our next show or the show after, that's when we'll uh, announce the winner. All right. <clears throat> and for me, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm just overwhelmed with the support that we've had with the show. We're almost at 4,000 followers on, on Twitter. Uh, people are starting to follow us on, uh, on Instagram. And uh, we are now on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. This, what we're, uh, as we speak, I've got video. I'm going to be putting that onto YouTube so that you can look at our, look at our faces block my face and tregs and just stare at the beauty that is Matt Smith. Um, we're also on TikTok. I just uh, started a TikTok account for Habs Unfiltered. I thought time to get with the times. Uh, my teenagers keep, you know, saying, Hey dad, you're so damn old. Like, All right. I'll get TikTok. Do I have to dance or something now? You got to wear pants if you do. Nope. Not happening. But we can figure out something. We can get uh, some TikTok videos out there. Um, we'll, we'll organize some. So follow Habs Unfiltered on YouTube, TikTok. Keep listening. want to thank you for doing that. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Have you ever needed a fragrance that matches your every social media post? Well, if you're on Twitter after dark and feel a little angry, you can wear Fireburgy. This fragrance is available on every social media site. Fireburgy. On every message board. Fireburgy. So when you need to smell like your social media accounts take a bath in. Fireburgy. You'll need no other fragrance. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.